Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. So today, today has been one of those days, but ending today's note with the conversation I'm about to have with Marcus is not only going to be a phenomenal conversation, but it's going to be life-changing. If you're listening and you're doing something else, I would advise you to stop doing what you're doing, sit down, pay attention, because this bad boy is about to grab the steering wheel and, and take over this show. I might as well just rename the show Marcus's show because we're going to drop bombs today. So, you know, I like to name whoever I'm naming with a particular nickname. And in this case, he is going to be the big game boss. So without overdue, the show is now yours, Marcus. Why don't you talk to our audience tell them a little bit more about you and what would you like to talk about today? Essay, thank you so much for having me here, man. I'm just excited to be here with you. Have a great conversation. Drop as much wisdom on people as, as, as you want to. But I want to start off with a question for you. Yeah. What will it take for you at the end of this episode to go, Marcus, that was one of the best episodes we've ever done. I am a happy human being. What's it going to take? I just think it's, it's just based upon what I know about you so far. I think that's going to happen naturally. I don't even think I need to kind of dictate it or state it. I think just unfolding as we have the conversation about who you are, or what you've done and what you're doing right now. I think it's going to happen naturally. So I'm not even concerned about that. I think by, by default, saying that this show, Boston Cage, is now yours, it makes perfect sense. And if the listener is listening, they will see why very shortly. <laughs> I, I love that, man. Well, listen, I'm committed to it. So let, let's make that happen. Yeah, uh, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Please. No, no, so, so, like, set, set the floor off. I mean, I mean, you have a long history, but let, let's just start off wherever you want to start and we'll just take it from there. Sure. I, I love telling my backstory a little bit because. People see me today. They've seen my successes, my, my resume, and they go, okay, this guy, he, he hasn't had it hard or whatever you want to say about him. It was not always a good life. <laughs> I was, I was born, I was born into a family that without a lot of love. My parents divorced at seven. They had already been broken up for many years. But when they made that decision, my dad was now out of the picture. My mom had to go back to school full-time and work full-time. So I essentially lost both of my parents on that same day. That sucked. For, for my first 15 years, man, it was all trial and challenges. And make it worse, being Lithuanian, we have this growth spurt that happens to us at some point in our lives. Well, when I was 13, I shot up to six foot four, and I was 120 pounds. Wow. It looked exactly how you think it would look. It was nasty. It was embarrassing. And of course, so, or surprisingly, girls didn't find that attractive. And bullies really did. So that made things worse for me. I had absolutely no confidence, absolutely no self-worth. And in every way, I thought, this life is going to suck. Wow. Till one day, one day when I was 15, I actually heard God say, listen, you're about to go on this trip. When you get there, no one knows who you are back at home. No one knows you get bullied. No one knows that you can't get girls. So what if that wasn't you? What if you just changed your story? And I made that choice, a decision right there to be a different person, to be the person I wanted to be, who I really was inside. I wasn't playing a character. I was just unleashing the person I wanted to be. And the world had told me I wasn't allowed to be it. Everything changed from that. I got off that plane and I was a totally different human being. And everybody accepted me that. I got to hang out with the coolest dudes. I got to go on dates with girls that blew my mind. And in every way I changed. And when I came home, I now had to make all the decisions, put in the habits to become that person I always wanted to be. But I, I was, I knew I had it reinforced in me that it was always my decision. 
that if I was going to be unsuccessful in life, sad in life, anything I didn't want in life, it was my choice. And I take that choice so seriously. I make that choice every single day. We make that choice every day when we wake up. What kind of day do you want to have? Who do you want to be? So if you're listening to this and you're going, but Marcus, you don't understand the bad place I'm in right now. I don't. But I can tell you, no matter what bad place you're in, you can make the decision right now to start changing everything. You can be a different person today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till January 1st. You can do it today by just starting with the decision. Now the real work will begin. It's not going to be that easy moving forward. But if you make that decision, everything's about to change. So with that, the episode's over. We drop a mic. Like I told you, it was going to be his show. In, in the first five minutes, he lived up to it already. So with that, I think it kind of goes to like one of your signature statements about changing your perspective to change your life. So I want you to kind of talk about that. I mean, obviously you've done that, but now you're helping, you know, I would probably even say millions of people kind of understand what that change looks like for themselves. So I want you to talk about what does that journey look like being that you've done it for yourself, but now you're able to do it for other people. Oh, I, you know, this is my true definition of success is helping others become the person that they are destined to become, that they know that they could become. I love that. That's what gets me up in the morning. And yeah, my definition of success has changed over the years. I was working on myself and I was too focused on myself for so many years, but that's who I am today. So let's talk about perspective real quick here, because it starts with recognizing that this world wants you to go to sleep. The world wants you to go to everything you see in marketing. Every fast food ad is telling you fast food's not so bad. Keep eating it. Keep going. You can have this three meals a day. All the Netflix ads are saying, hey, just sit on the couch. Another six hours is not a problem. Just keep going. Keep going. You have to recognize the world does not want you to succeed, does not want you to be a big player. It wants you to be a cog. It wants you to just do the average So if you are being called, if you know, like, I got more in me, you have to recognize every day, you got to fight that. You got to fight that messaging. You have to put on the earmuffs. And now the real perspective changes can happen. You're going to recognize who is still asleep and who's awake. You're going to want to align yourself with people who are awake. Learn from them. One of my favorite things to do is to model after someone who's already done it before me. I learned from so many of the greats. I constantly invest in myself. I constantly try to spend time with people way more brilliant than me. And there's, it's not hard to find. But the people who have already done it, they've made the mistakes and they've written it out. They're showing you these. They're putting together classes. They're teaching you so that you don't have to make the same mistakes they made. And I love that. It's all about the growth. The more I grow, the more I feel better. The more I feel awake, the more I feel alive. And so I just want to encourage everybody today, just take a step in the right direction, one step to become 1% better. You do that, you will feel better. That's what we're put here to do is to grow, expand, become that person that you're supposed to be. Wow, I totally feel like I've taken this thing over and I'm so sorry. SA. Look, look coming into this episode, I knew that 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 this is going to be like one of those major episodes that I knew that you was going to deliver so much knowledge and nuggets. I'm just here for the ride. I'm on the roller coaster. So continue to, to orchestrate the noise and I'll, I, and I'll play the drums, whatever you need. The floor is yours. Well, let, let, why don't we jump right into something that I'm really, really passionate about right now? Okay. Cause you can tell I'm not a very passionate guy. So when I get passionate about something, I really want to talk about it. 
I've been called to my next business. So first of all, in the last year, I don't know if everybody knows this, but I was so blessed. God called me to sell my one of my big businesses. I had been running this for almost 19 years. And I just received this calling like, Marcus, I got, I got something new for you. I got a whole new chapter starting in your life. And I was so excited. So he sent me the buyer. I sold the company. I got to exit. It was amazing. And then he started to put on my heart what's next. And that's what playbiggergame.com is. Playbiggergame.com is for anybody who is being called, who knows that they should be or could be playing a bigger game in life, who, who knows that there's more in this world for them. But where do you start? Where do I go? Who do I trust? There's so much misinformation out there. There's so many, I hate to say it, shysters out there who have their courses. Not everybody is the best at teaching this stuff. So what I recommend to people is find someone who speaks to you directly. If you feel while you're listening to this podcast, while you're hearing my voice, if you're going, there's something about this guy, he's speaking to me directly. That is a sign. Just come and take a look at this community that I've built. This community is absolutely unbelievable. It's built on love. It's built on service. Everybody in this community is there for the same reason, to help each other play a bigger game. It's not just about me, me, me. How do I play a bigger game? Part of playing a bigger game is helping all the people around you, lifting them up, encouraging them, pouring what you know into them, receiving from them what they've learned. And all of a sudden, we all elevate. And you spend time in this pool of people who all want the same thing. You are going to rise. I'm such a firm believer that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And when you really think about your five, you're either raising the average or you're lowering the average. But chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, I already know the answer. Your five is bringing you down. I don't mean to be rude. I'm not saying you have to cut them out of your life. But if you want to rise up, if you want to play a bigger game, you have to find a new five. You have to have a find a five that's going to raise your average. It's going to challenge you. You have to stop being the smartest person in the room. And so that's what this community is about. Honestly, I'm, I'm putting it together for me. I want to, I want to be around those people who are smarter than me at different things, who challenge me, who encourage me, who are going to lift me to play a bigger game in my life. I'm just listening to, to you speak and obviously like it, it flows out of you. I mean, you ooze this, right? I mean, literally if you were, your, your sweat just says everything is motivation, right? I want you to kind of time travel back and I want you to kind of, you know, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but I want you to kind of talk about the, the, the smaller version of you, the younger mm. version of you, because I mean, who you are right now, like you're beyond bigger than life, right? But you had to kind of grow into that. So I want you to talk about like the kid that had the dreams of becoming who you are right now, what was the problems that you had to conquer to become who you are? Yeah, say, what a brilliant question. Thank you. Man, I feel like we're dancing right now. This is so good. So in those early years, I had the same voice. I had this voice in me going, Marcus, we can do it, man. We can do it. We can win. We can be this guy. But too much I allowed in the other voices. The voices from the world, the people who I was allowing in my inner circle who was going, come on, man, that's just stupid. Oh, you're being dumb. You're being foolish. You can't do it. You can't win. You can't. You can't. You can't. And what I realized through my journey and through reading and spending time with the right people is if you allow those voices to continue to be that close to you, to be in your head, they're going to win. They're going to win because there's way more of those voices. 
So you have to make it very intentional decision to listen to only the right voices. And it's going to take time. It doesn't happen overnight. Plus, once you've gotten more and more of the good voices in your head, I'm, I'm telling you, you'll slip sometimes. And that's okay. The most successful people, when they slip, they get back up right away. And they recognize that they didn't slip all the way back to the starting line. No, you're, you're so much further ahead than you think. But unsuccessful people go, oh, I slipped. I'm just a fool like I was when I, on day one, I might as well start again, go back and just get comfortable again. No, 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 no. You're going to slip. Let me tell you, you're going to slip. You're going to re- you're going to hit challenges that are going to be so shocking to you that you feel overwhelmed. It's okay. The best part is you're spending time with people who've hit these challenges before, who have the mental capacity, who are willing to teach you the mental capacity and the tools so that you can get through that challenge, so you can break through and become the person that you're supposed to be. And the more you work in this, this alignment with who you're supposed to be, life does become easier and more awesome. And now when I say easier, I mean, it just starts to flow out of me. I appreciate so much those words you said to me. I say, that it's oozing out of me. That's because of the alignment that you guys see in me. This is who I'm supposed to be. I don't, I don't apologize for it. Will I rub people the wrong way? Absolutely. But I'm totally okay with that. I am not trying to win over everybody. I'm only trying to be around the people who I'm supposed to be around. So if you're going, I don't know, I'm feeling you, Marcus. Fantastic. I would love for you to be in my circle too. So make sure you reach out to me. I'm that kind of guy. I want to be reached out to. I would love to encourage you. I would love to cheer you on. No matter what stage in life you're at, I would love to be your cheerleader. That's what I do. Yeah. I think it's definitely powerful. And I kind of want to play into another statement that, that you had made online, like harnessing the power of mindset to stimulate positive growth. Now, like, like just the, the, the key words in that phrasing and the way that, that the terms just kind of roll off. I want you to kind of unpack that because there's a lot there and there's a lot of hidden meaning as well. So I want you to unpack that statement. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the more I spend in mindset learning, mm-hmm. more I recognize everything that we experience in this world is just through a filter that we have in our own brain. You've got filters. There's multiple filters. What's actually happening is, is, is not how you're seeing it. You are putting it through some filter. So two people could be standing right next to each other, see the exact same thing and tell a completely different story. You see this all the time when someone's witnessed an accident. When you get the witness reports, they are so different. Why? Because we've got these filters. So as soon as you recognize that you've got these filters, now you can learn to control them. And so... One of the biggest questions I ask myself every time when I, when I sense that there's some negativity to my filter, like, oh, mm. that's what that meant. SA asked me this question. So I think he doesn't respect me. I go, okay, hold on one second. Is that actually true? Wait, is that filter? Like, is that serving me? That's the biggest question I love asking. Does that serve me to think that way? And the truth is most of the negative stuff, it won't serve you ever, ever. If essay was disrespecting me with a question. Even if I said, you know what, that's not how he meant it. And I went the other way and I turned it into a positive. That's always going to work out better for me. That's always going to serve me better. Even if he meant to be disrespectful, I come back with positivity. He's going to be like, holy smokes, there's something really special about this guy. Cause I just tried to attack him and it didn't phase him. 
But I think that's also coming from a place of love. I mean, I've connected these things really well in my life. That if I always come from a place of love, that place of love also helps me with my own filter to go, why, why do I have to assume things are negative when they're coming at me? I don't believe in passive aggressive, by the way. I want to throw that out there. If you ever look through passive aggressive eyes, oh, I wonder if he meant that. I wonder if she was saying that. No, don't do that. That's never going to serve you. Just take it for what it is. Take the words for what they are and feel free to over communicate. Ask again. Hey, SA, when you ask that question, did you mean this? And now you're going to put that person on the spot. That's one of my favorite tips I've learned, especially to back down a bully. Someone says something directly rude at you. You can go, can you repeat that? And make them repeat it again. Make them feel. And now they say the negative thing. So are you meaning to be that rude to me? Like, did you, did you mean to insult me like that? And if the answer is yes, because some bullies are just into that stuff, then you just know I, I need nothing to do with this human being. I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely eliminate that person from my life. And I encourage that. If you have a bully in your life, get away, get away from that bully. It will serve you nothing spending that time with that bully. I think like the, like the kind of going back to what I said earlier about you losing it. And I want the listeners kind of like, if they had never heard of you before, I want to kind of list off some of your, your credentials, because again, we came in hot, fast and heavy. And I think that, you know, like you really proved the point of, of the magnitude of the person that you are, but I want you to kind of talk about some of them, some of the things that you've done, right? I mean, you've been on the cover of like muscle fitness. You, you set a Guinness world record. You've been associated to CNN, Fox business, Apple TV. I'm just trying to trying to remember in my, in my mind, all the different accolades that you, that you have, including that, you know, you're associated to Tony Robbins and you're, you're part of his platinum partner program. Like, again, you have stacked up all these different things. And I would say you're a definition of a high achiever. Is that the reason why that you only want to work with high achievers? Or do you have another segment that you can help people become higher achievers? That's such a beautiful question. And by the way, there was a lot of compliments in there. So thank you so much. Yeah, I've been blessed to have just an amazing journey in my life. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it because my first years were so hard. I think I've got a lot of gratitude for having these great years. I just know who I am when it comes to working with high achievers. And, and one of the reasons why I invite high achievers into playbiggergame.com is because I know who I am and I know who I'm not. If, if you do a self-assessment and you say, Marcus, honestly, out of 10, I'm living like a one or two life. Like that's, I'm just in such a bad place. There are some amazing human beings who are designed to work with the ones and twos. I just know that's not me. I need to be true to who I am. Now, I, I do have some amazing coaches within my team who help those lower numbers get up to the higher achiever status. But when it comes to me, I, I work best with the sevens, eights, and nines. And I can take a seven to a nine. I can take a nine to a 9.2. And the nines in life, they recognize, oh my goodness, a nine to a 9.1 is world changing. Mm. I know. And I love it. And I love being part of that. So it's just, it's just who I am. Now, that doesn't mean at playbiggergame.com, we're not inviting everybody, but we're only inviting the people who are called to it. If you don't feel a calling to it, yeah, we're not your space. Because the truth is, we're looking for someone who, who's pretty exceptional in this world. Doesn't mean you have to have done exceptional things yet. We would love to be part of your success, your journey 
to becoming that exceptional person. And I know we have the team to help you become that exceptional person. But you have to know in your heart and you have to be called to it. And then we're going to be there for you and we're going to do this together. So you posed a question. I think this was on Instagram and you said, what kind of society would someone like to live in? So I want to flip that question back to you, considering that you're part of the the high achieving echelon to the point to where, you know, you've worked so hard that all the things that you work for are have came to fruition, right? Even over after all the failures and all the hurdles, you've achieved the level of success that you wanted. What is the ideal vision of the society that you would like the world to be? Oof. First of all, I love the homework that you do. Wow. You are a great interviewer, my friend. I love seeing it. I love seeing you in your element. This is a beautiful thing to witness. That is the definition of a high achiever right there. I love it. So thank you. Do you know, I, I love the question too, because I haven't spent a lot of time envisioning what that society would look like. All I think about is the impact I can make to move it towards that society. I know if I have enough people out there in my community who are acting out of love, who are acting out of service, I know for a fact these are the leaders who will quickly be able to change their community, their network. And I know how much that can spread. And I've seen it every single day that I pour some positivity and love into somebody who then turns it around and pours it into somebody around them, that it creates this radical ripple this wave that passes through society so much further than I could ever see how far it goes. And so if we create enough of these waves and we create enough people creating waves, this world will change. Will it become this world where we all walk down the street and hug each other every time we see each other? I don't know. But man, I'd like to live in that world for a little while compared to this world. Not that I need, you know, everything to be perfect. That's not what it's about. I I love challenge. Mm-hmm. challenges are when we grow but man i think i think we're all missing the loving aspect and, and i'll tell you why i'm so confident when i say that i know we're missing that it doesn't take much it takes a little bit of niceness a little bit of love for people to go whoa you're so loving you're so nice. and it's like what i'm just i'm just giving you a little bit but we're so not used to it we're so used to the opposite we're so used to people showing up how dare you Oh, I'm looking for a fight. I'm looking to complain right now. So if you take it the other way, I can't tell you how many times in a situation where there was a bad situation, clearly a bad situation, I I walk up to the person working there and they're like, here comes another complaint. I'm like, I just want you to know, you're doing a great job. Don't worry about the weight. Don't worry. You're doing great. You keep doing what you're doing. It disarms them. It changes the path for their day. Isn't that a beautiful gift to give someone? Isn't that a gift you would like to give somebody? Well, you could give that gift like hundreds of times per day. That gift is in your hands. So why not offer it? But I promise you this as well. The more you give this gift, the more those gifts store up inside you and the more those gifts affect you. You will be the one to transform. You will be the one that wakes up happier every day and sees more opportunities to give. You will get ahead in life. People will want to be around you. They'll be magnetized to you. The right people are going to be drawn to you. And all of a sudden, life gets way better. I could I could definitely attest to that. I mean, this is the first time you and I have actually had a, a physical conversation in the digital space. 
And for the listener, when I came on the call, I came on a few minutes late. It was one of those turmoil days. Everything was completely upset. And, you know, once a show starts, I hit that switch and everything is gone. But before I had the opportunity to hit the switch, Marcus reached into me, grabbed that bastard and activated it before the show even started. And he would just, it was like what he's saying is 100 percent true. And I can see that you live it, you breathe it and, and you actively do it on a day to day basis because you did it with me today. And I definitely appreciate you for that. I, I appreciate you accepting that because, man, I, I've been so looking forward to this. I didn't, I don't want you in a space where you're like, this bad day is just going to finish as a bad day. I'm going to go to sleep knowing it was a bad day. I'm going, this is my best opportunity to help this guy sleep well at night. Plus, I want to see you do your best. I love seeing you in that seat. I love these questions you ask. I know this is your element and I want to play with you playing your best game. So man, I appreciate the way you brought it today. I definitely appreciate that. And I think it kind of goes back into like, we we're talking about state of mind, mind state. And it was another post that you were talking about. I think it's the key terms of that post is very powerful. And it was just three words, the mind diet. And then when you think about like, okay, there's diets and, and you know, you're losing weight and you're trimming, but to have a mind diet, that's a completely different philosophy. So I want you to kind of talk about it from that standpoint of what kind of philosophy is that to embrace a mind diet? Oh, I love that you brought that up. I, I don't talk about the mind diet enough. I don't think you can talk about the mind diet enough. So with most diets, you got to be on them for a while. You start a new food diet today. Most people are going, hey, I'm four days into this diet and I hate it and I haven't seen any changes. The beautiful thing about the mind diet, and we'll get into it in one second, but you will see a difference in yourself in 24 hours. That's how great this thing works. The mind diet is just checking and restricting the negative crap that comes into your mind. So a couple of the key things. One, social media. You got to turn it off for 24 hours. You just commit to 24 hours, no social media. I know some of you are going, what? How could I? Yeah, I know that should tell you right there. That's a bit of an issue. If you can't even imagine taking 24 hours of social media, off. 24 hours, zero news. Personally, I don't go anywhere near the news. And don't give me that, oh, but how do you stay informed? You stay informed. Don't worry. People are still throwing news at you from every angle. I don't have to sit there and let one party give one version of news and then the other party give a totally different version. And one of them is for sure lying or both of them. Who knows anymore? News does you zero good. You can stay informed in other ways. But all I'm asking for is 24 hours. 24 hours with no news. But that also includes anybody coming and trying to talk to you. Have you heard what's going on in such and such a country? Have you heard about such and such war? I'm really sorry. I, I, I got to get back to my desk. Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a no news diet. Talk to me tomorrow. You take 24 hours off, no social media, no news and fill in the blank, whatever else in your life you know is not good for your mind. Maybe it's talking to somebody in your family. We all have a family member that it is like, that's a real challenge, a real struggle to talk to that person without feeling really down afterwards. Okay, 24 hours, cut off. You watch how good you feel after 24 hours. After just 24 hours, you're like, I feel lighter. That's the number one thing people say. I feel lighter. The, the, the burden, the weight that you carry from those things every single day, you get to release it. And all of a sudden you walk around going, has it always been this sunny? It's a beautiful day. 
You recognize all the beautiful things around you. Now, what do you fill that time with? Because I know that's going to be a lot of hours of your day. Go for gratitude. What if every time you're going, maybe I should pick up my phone and do social media. No, I'm on a diet. Okay, what am I grateful for? And think of three things that you're grateful for. You should be able to think of a lot of things. There are billions of things you could be grateful for. You fill that with gratitude. You watch how your anxiety has changed radically in just 24 hours. You will feel like a different person. Then the bigger question becomes, why are you adding that stuff back in? If you're going to add it back in, do it in moderation, but recognize how did that make me feel? How did that 24 hours make me feel? You can come back to it at any time. Do another 24 hours at any time. Do it once a week. But the, the, to recognize that this is available to you, it's like going to the spa for your mind. Just get somebody in there, loosening it up. It's okay. Things are good. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay, I can do another week. I can do another week. But you got to make that decision. You can make that decision every day to start limiting that crap. Just, just, I'm hearing you, and and we before we got on the air, we was talking about Micah. And those that don't remember, I've interviewed Micah probably in the last thirty days. And like, like what Marcus was saying, if you're in a circle of five people, right, like five people are bringing themselves up. I want you to imagine Marcus and Micah in the same room at the same time, and both of them elevating you. Like, it, by default, the other three people in the circle, if they're not like more outgoing or trying to be to reach that next level. I don't see how that's even possible. I think they will probably have to step out that circle really quickly. So I want you to talk about considering that both of you guys are so big in personality, so big in what you do. How did you guys even get connected? And being that you're so big of personalities, how have you guys not have any conflict considering that large personalities usually don't work well together? And I love these questions. So there's so much you just brought up that I want to unpack. First of all, Mike is one of my favorite human beings in the world. He is absolutely in my five. I love Micah. I love Diana, his wife. These are amazing humans who are absolutely changing the world. If you're not already following them on social media, when your diet's over, go follow them on social media. Reach out to them. Say, Marcus said you're one of the most amazing humans and I had to reach out to you. Micah and I connected almost 15 years ago, and we both have this passion for life. We both lead from love. We're both Christian men who know that our only calling as Christian men is to love people. And I think it's right there, the reason why we don't butt heads. There's no ego when we get together. In fact, we welcome for, for the other person to constantly encourage us to grow. If he needs to challenge me on things, I welcome it. I never go, who are you to ask me such a thing? I know who he is. He's freaking Michael Lassert. He deserves to ask me. And if he's asking me something, I need to look inside myself and figure out what is it? Why is it that he's asking this thing? And I should absolutely fix it. And the other thing that I love that you brought up, this is such a great point. And this is exactly my point about the five. If you've got Micah and I in your five, how could you not raise up? How could that be? You would have to work so hard to stay down. And that's exactly why I'm putting together this community. By the way, shocker, Micah is one of the key founders of Play a Bigger Game. So is his wife, Diana. So are some other amazing founders and leaders. And we're all there for the exact same reason, just to love. So 
I'm again, I'm doing it for myself to spend time with only people who love and who want to serve and lift others up. Wow. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, obviously like people hear about networking they hear about mastermind groups. They hear about all these different things and like all those things are collectively what you guys are doing, but there's another element, right? Cause you're sitting down right now with your clothes on, but if you were to take off your, your clothes right now, you would look like a damn superhero. So I want you to kind of talk about like, like the, the workout. Cause I mean, Micah is, he's, he's a bodybuilder period. Like the dude is, is swole. That's why I call him the diesel boss, but you're a, a different body type. And you kind of look like, like if Superman was alive, that's your, you're the representation of that. So I want you to talk about getting that rip and how does that kind of play into what you do? Thank you. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It just became a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And now that took many years, many years of figuring things out, doing it the wrong way, doing it the right way. And when I say wrong way, I never went wrong as in, you know, the illegal stuff, but I just, I wanted to be a healthy dude with a good physique and the more I put time into learning this stuff, the more you develop the habits that you need to have. So who I am today, I'm just a guy who loves my workouts. I don't know. I have to go work out today. Oh, I can't do that because I have to work out today. Same with food, by the way. Food is so critical that you learn the right foods to eat, the right foods for you. So it's not, you know, I, I, I did it very many years ago. We're talking 20 years ago. But this idea of like, you have to eat boiled chicken and you have to eat boring this and sad this. I don't buy into that at all. And if your trainer is telling you to do it like that, I hate to say it. You got to find another trainer. Because what happens is that's that you can't keep going on that path. That's it's unsustainable. What I do every day is fully sustainable for me. I eat clean all the time. I have a treat meal once in a while. If I really crave a burger, wait. I'm going to look forward to that next Friday night. Next Friday, I'm going to have a burger and fries. I don't need to have a burger every day. I don't need to give in to those kind of temptations because it's not about what it does to my body. The, the body stuff is actually a total side effect. It's what it does to my mind. It slows me down. My system is now pouring all the blood and energy into my gut because it's like, ah, this is too much. This is, what is this? This is not healthy. It knows. And so it slows me down. I can't perform how I want to perform, be at the level I want to be at if I'm eating garbage all the time, if I'm not getting the exercise. So the amount of exercise I get, the amount of cardio I do, taking my family for walks and hikes, it's part of my lifestyle and I love it. That's who I enjoy being and I enjoy living up here. I don't think enough of us take time to go, where do I want to be and where do I enjoy being? I know a lot of us oh, I'm living down here. I don't enjoy it. And I don't know what to do. That's not actually true. I, I don't know if that's true for any human being. I believe that most of us, if not every one of us, actually know exactly what you're supposed to do. What if, what if I told you that in your heart, you know the exact answers? So you go, well, should I be eating no carbs at all? Does that sound healthy? Does that sound like something your body would agree with? No, that sounds like a fad diet. So that's not the right answer. Should I be eating fast food every day? I think that's a pretty obvious one. That's a no. But yeah, we still do it. And listen, by the way, I'm not condemning anybody. That's not what this is about. Please don't hear it that way. You are on your journey. Maybe if you eat five fast food meals per week, you want to cut it down to four. Start there. See how that feels. You know what? I actually feel a little bit better each week. All right. Now let's drop it to two. See how that feels. It's just these little baby steps and finding what's going to work for you. But you know the answer. You have it in you already 
of how to do it. Just commit to it. Commit to it and stand behind it and say, I'm going to do this and do whatever you have to do to stick to your commitment, to stick to your integrity. Put up post-it notes all over your life, in your car, on your bathroom wall, right beside you when you wake up. Put it on your phone so that when you wake up, instead of looking at your phone, you see that note and it says, stick to it today. You are strong enough. You are awesome. And keep going. It gets easier the more you work that muscle. It's a muscle like anything else. If you exercise it, you're going to find things easier. I don't struggle with five pounds as much as I used to because I built that muscle. I don't struggle with temptation as much as I used to because I built that muscle. So, I mean, taking the, the philosophy of muscle and bringing it back to, to mindset. And again, I think something we haven't talked about, which we're going to uncover right now is discipline, right? I think it was a, a particular image or a video. I forgot on which social media platform. And you had probably like 14 Tupperware containers and you had your, your, your meals planned out and you were talking about traveling and traveling with your meals. That to me is not only mindset. It goes a hundred percent into discipline. And again, mm-hmm. in the circles that you, you're running with, like Micah, for example, like that's a lot of discipline as well. So how much does that really play into playing bigger? It plays so big. <laughs> so there's there's two things you just brought up that I love. One, let's go with the obvious and easy one. You're right. If I'm spending time with Micah, that's not weird. That's not weird that I brought all my Tupperware containers full of food. He doesn't go, what are you doing? What are you doing with all that food? That's, that's stupid, man. Come on, we're going to Mickey D's or whatever. Yeah. So... Again, your circle's really important because if they're all going to the, to fast food, it's going to be hard for you to say no so often. So you got to recognize what do I really want in life? Do I want to hang out with the fast food crowd or do I want to find a new five? And it doesn't mean you have to cut off the old five. The other piece of that though is the food element to me is where a lot of stress can come from. And I think that is the way for most human beings, but they might just not recognize it. So for me, if I, I used to go on trips without my food and what happens when that, when that plane is delayed, I'm going, Oh no, but I'm already getting hungry. When, when am I going to get served my food? And then the cart comes around and they go, Oh no, the healthiest thing we have is cheese and crackers. I'm like, that's not healthy. Like this is, this is all bad. And then you get off the plane and you go, Oh no, it's so late. There's no healthy places open. Oh no, the stress, the stress, the stress. You don't need to do that. Why not bring some food? I, when I bring my food with me, that is off the table. Actually, you know, one of my favorite stories to, to highlight this point, I actually call it the A-Rod principle. And there was this trip I was going to do to LA. And LA from Vancouver, really short trip, two and a half hours. However, it's Saturday night. The next morning, I'm supposed to be on this flight nice and early. There's a storm warning. And they're like, it's coming. And by the way, in Vancouver, we don't get a lot of storms. So we don't know what we're doing. I know it's coming, so it's all about planning and it's all about discipline. So I start what's supposed to be a 20-minute trip to the airport, took over an hour and a half. It's okay. Why? Because I planned for it. I'm good. I've got all my food. I've I've given myself enough time. I'm just going to manage my stress. The key thing about this is I wanted to get to LA being the best version of myself. I didn't want to show up stressed. I didn't want to show up freaking out. Because I was happened to be going to dinner that night at Alex Rodriguez's house. So I'm like, I don't want him to be like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. You had such a bad day. Like, that's, that's not me. I'm going to show up all the way. Praise God. 
There was no delay in the flight. So I get on the plane. We get out onto the tarmac. I'm like, wow, things are going so smooth. Sorry, everybody. We're going to have a little bit of a delay here. So we're going to have to go de-ice now. Okay, no problem. No problem. You can already tell people are starting to freak out. I'm like, I got, I got all my food. I got books. I got the entertainment unit here. I'm doing good. Six hours we were on that plane before it took off. Six hours. I just kept checking in with myself every hour. How am I doing? Good. You know what? Why don't I read a book for the next hour? I got my food with me. Can you imagine how much a guy like me would have lost his freaking mind had I not brought food with me? Six hours on the plane, on the ground, two and a half hour flight. I get there almost late. One of my favorite parts of this story, I get my baggage. I go into the LAX bathroom. I strip down. I'm in my underwear. I'm taking like a shower in the sink because I was supposed to have six hours to chill out, have a nice bath or whatever I wanted to. I'm like, I'm showering, I'm shaving. People are coming into the bathroom like, what the heck is this guy doing? I showed up with my A game to A-Rod's place. And and that will forever be the story I tell myself that you get to decide how you react to things, how you filter things. Mm. I showed up in a phenomenal mood after over 10 hours travel time for what should have been about three and a half hours. I think it's funny that, you know, out of everything that you said, I think it's definitely highly motivational. But the one thing I want to bring up, which brings a more of a sense of humor to, to what we're talking about, the fact that you were in the bathroom down to your tidy whities And if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you model in, in for underwear at one time? Like this, this talk about this, this historic thing. Again, you're used to being like that. So let's talk That's about That's fair. I can neither confirm or deny these rumors. <laughs> Such a true story. Yeah, I used to, I, I, I thought being a model back in the day was going to be the coolest thing. Now, remember, I grew up bone rack skinny, made fun of my physique all the time. So it really drove me when I was younger. And I'll never forget one of, it's, it's one of my favorite, maybe my only big memory of being a model. I was a model at the bridal fair here in Vancouver. It's a really big deal. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think 25,000 brides and bridesmaids go through there over the course of this weekend. And here I come out and I'm wearing a robe with underwear underneath. And I come out and it was like, I was like magic Mike. Boom. And, and the crowd erupts and I'm like, all right, I think I've done everything I want to do as a model because that doesn't, it, it didn't feel like it was supposed to. I felt a little bit trashy. <laughs> Oh, we've all got our stories, don't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think if the listener was actually listening to like the details of what you've been saying this entire episode, there's been this key phrase of we, 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 we. So I want to kind of bring up the, in the equation, much like with, with Micah and his wife, like you can kind of, they're not opposites. They're on the same wavelength. They, they probably challenge each other, you know, like they probably work out together and, and Micah's probably sitting there looking like how is she lifting that much with her legs? So I want to talk about your 19 year marriage that just happened. Like, you know, like I think last month is when you hit 19 years. Does your wife fall into that same equation considering that you guys are in the same circles and then they are probably in same overlapping circles as well? I love the question. And the truth is we, we are the exact opposite. So Brooke and I have a few key things that brought us together, mm -hmm. mainly Jesus, 
she has a spectacular sense of humor. There are a billion things about her I love. This is not her space. And I'm so good with that, by the way. That's not me saying anything negative about my wife. I think it's actually really good. I remember being told when I was much younger and unmarried, somebody said to me, you're, you're looking at the wrong girls for your relationship. Marcus, you're such a perfectionist. You work so hard. You're so disciplined. If you find someone on the same path as you, you're going to beat them. And then you're not going to have respect for them. And I was like, whoa, I think it was my sister who said that, by the way. It was so profound. It's such a double-edged sword. I was like, well, I want someone on this path. And they, but she was so right. I, I wouldn't respect them because they weren't going to do it as hard as me because no one was going to do it as hard as me. So God blessed me with this unbelievably incredible woman who was designed for me, who, who checked off every box for boxes that I didn't even know that I had. And you know what's so special about my wife? I, I just, I am so obsessed with my wife. I love my wife. She's truly the only woman I see in color when I see the rest of the world's women in black and white. So the awkward silence is, is like the, the, the epitome of everyone, like all the, all the females are probably holding their hearts going, Oh, and all the guys are like, damn. Like how, how like again, like, like the, that particular statement about the way you see your wife. I, I would think if globally more people would appreciate their significant other as much as you do, I think things would be a lot easier in marriages for sure. And I mm. definitely appreciate that. I mean, and, I, and again, you're not just talking about it. I, I know for a fact that you, you are actually doing it. I mean, if you have opportunity to go to his Instagram page and literally on the day, every single year for the past 19 years, He's always had a post and a celebration with his wife, which is something that's not only profound, is phenomenal considering that you've been so consistent for so long, creeping up on your 20th anniversary. You know what? You know what? I, first of all, I love that you recognize that, but there's something really funny behind that. That is the only day of the year that I'm allowed to post about my wife. She does not want to be on social media, but she says on our anniversary, I will allow it. And I had to kind of negotiate that. I'm like, bro, if I never post about you, people are going to be like, is he really married? Like, does he even love his wife? Like, I hate to bow down to society that way, but I'd also get it. Like, if I never post about my wife, that sort of says she's not that important. This is what's important. So I love that she allows it. So I look forward to it every year. I'm like, I get to post it. I, I, I have to review it with her. I'm like, can I use this photo of you? Is this, is this one good? And I want to say this about us. Is that cool? And I get, I always make sure it's in writing that I get the, uh, approval. It's, it's awesome. So yeah, that's, it's always a special day for me. And a lot of people know that about me and they always laugh and they're like, it's bro. It must be that time of year. So like, let's go back to. Around that time last year, maybe about a month before, I think it was roughly September, you guys had an opportunity and you went to France and Greece. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about like, I mean, obviously you've been to multiple different places. You're, you're a global speaker, but I think that particular trip was, was pretty much landmark for, for certain reasons. And I want you to kind of talk about what, what did that trip mean to you? Mm. Well, you know what? And, you know, I think this goes back to this is different times in our life. Things will mean something different. COVID screwed me up pretty good. And listen, I, I think I'm a pretty strong man. Mentally. I think my mental health is generally A's and A pluses. But man, when you rip away our community, by the way, I'm Canadian. So if, if any Americans watching, especially an American where there was a, a state that didn't get shut down too hard, you might not appreciate or understand what I'm about to say. 
in Canada, it was, it was insane what happened. The way we got shut down and like everything got shut down and again and again. And I'm not talking for months. It was almost two full years where it was like, okay, now you guys can go outside. No, you can't go outside. Come back in. It was crazy. And so whatever, I know everybody in the world experienced it for a short period, but the intelligent leaders were like, no, 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 that's too much. Let them out. Yeah, we didn't have that in Canada. It was nuts. So it really started to weigh on me. Going to Europe, it was like being let out of prison. The cuffs came off. It was so special. And it, and it wasn't just that. It was the first time, you know, things had been going so well in business. And I'm, I'm such a future thinker. I, I reinvest. I invest in other businesses. You know, I, I now have ownership in, I, I can't even tell you the number. I want to say 23 companies. And this was the first time where I was like, no, I'm actually going to splurge. So we did everything first class. And it was just all so special in the, the, the lay flat seats with my daughters and just showing them this special thing and having this conversation with them. Girls, don't you get used to this? It, this is fine if mommy and I are going to fly up here. Sometimes you guys are going to be in the back because I don't want to screw them and their future husbands over where it's like, well, this is the standard that I need for our vacations. No, no, no. But we went all the way and, and just to be free out there. And it was so incredible being back in the water and being in these beautiful places where it was like, so often it felt like people were like COVID that ended it. That ended like a year ago or a year and a half ago. And it was like, it almost hasn't ended back at home. So I, I guess my big message to people is self-check once in a while. Don't just assume you're in the same mental health that you were three years ago or five years ago when you last did that check. That check is crucial. And it's not just mental health. Double check a whole bunch of assumptions you have in your life. Such a fan of looking at our assumptions. Be happy with where you are. You're happy with your job. Are you happy with the body that you have? Are you happy with the amount of energy that you have? Do this checklist. Do it regularly. You can do it as often as you want. Self-assess. And then make decisions to make change. If there's something you're unhappy with, make change and then do it immediately. Don't say, okay, next week I'm going to start that. On January 1st, I'll start my next diet. No, start now. Make a plan for tomorrow and make it concrete. Write it down. Write down exactly what you're going to do. Not just, okay, I'll go to the gym. Which gym? At what time? What are you going to wear? Lay it out. When you start making those concrete plans, guess what happens? You start visualizing. You start going through it already in your mind. It's already happened. So it makes it much easier to put on those clothes. Get in the car, go to that exact gym at that exact time, then celebrate the fact that you did it, that you're a person of integrity. I did what I said I was going to do. That didn't kill me to do it. I should do this more often. How do I feel right now? I feel great doing this. So keep doing it. Those celebrations are so important. I'm such a fan of celebrating that stuff. So do it, celebrate it, and keep doing it. I think with the listener listening, like, and again, I'm going to be very, very brutally honest. They may be partly scared and intimidated by how much energy that you exude as, as a motivational individual. So I want you to kind of talk about, let's say someone is a little bit more reserved and let's say they, they want to kind of read and build up and, and work into becoming more like that. Yes. What books would you recommend for that individual to take a hold of and read and read again to kind of figure out where their, their space is in the world and hold on to it? 
Beautiful. There's two key books that I love recommending. The first one is Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you read Atomic Habits, it's going to teach you how to put the right habits in place, why and how these habits will change you and why you want to commit to those habits, how to commit to those habits, how to make the habits easier. So that's awesome. And it also helps you break bad habits, by the way. The other one that I would recommend to, to that listener who that you just spoke of is The Happiness Advantage. The Happiness Advantage is this beautiful book that explains you know, we've got this, we've got this idea that if I do this, then I'll be happy. That has never actually happened. That's never been the case. In fact, there's so many studies now showing that it's the journey to that destination where we find all the joy, where all the beautiful endorphins and dopamine is released on our brain. The fact is when we get there, when we achieve our goals, usually it's a letdown. Because it wasn't about achieving that thing. And so the book is really talking about the fact you have to find happiness on the way there. And you will achieve so much more if you find that happiness now. And so don't prolong. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't say, I'll be happy when. You got to figure out what makes you happy today and follow it and chase it. And what you're going to notice is your your natural energy is just going to keep going up. And I'm not going to apologize if my energy offended you, but I hope you at least see that this is, this is what happens. This is, this is the look of somebody who followed these principles consistently, who really went after implemented into their lives. You know, that's one of the things I did when I was really young, when I decided to make this journey change my life, when I was 15, when I started to read these books, I read them and I went, you know, I think there's very few people on the world who, in this world who actually do these things every single day, but they, they make sense to me. So what if I was the guy, cause I know I could be the guy who did these things and really did them every single day and really lived my life that way. Well, this is the result. And I'm not trying to brag. I hope you guys don't see that as some braggadocious comment, but this is what happens. You get to be the person you want to be. And if, I developed habits. I did. I developed habits along the way that I didn't like. I became an arrogant guy when I was 18, 19 because I, I got a tiny bit of success. And when you get a tiny bit of success, when you're an 18, 19 year old dude with tons of testosterone, yeah, a little bit of arrogance sometimes comes out. And then I recognized that and I did that self-assessment and I'm like, I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want people to see me that way. And so I, I figured out what are the things that are making me arrogant? How do I make new habits to make me less arrogant, to come up, to come across a very different way? And one of the best things I can encourage people to do is consistently come from a place of love. Try and put on a love filter every day. Put on these love glasses that you get to look through and say, what if I just looked at everything through love? What if I don't want to assume people are trying to offend me or hurt me or that everybody's against me? What if this world is happening for me and not to me? I, I think based upon what you just said, I, I would usually think about asking a particular question about time traveling back and, and changing anything. But I want to kind of change that stipulation for you, right? I want you to think about, and again, we're going we're gonna to have this conversation about generations down the road okay your daughters they'll have kids then their kids will have kids so essentially your, your great grandkids and obviously your daughters are growing up with you you're influencing them your grandkids will be influenced but then there starts to be a little bit of a dilution once you get more and more generations so let's say 
three generations down, they have an opportunity to time travel back to this moment right now. They're, they're failing. They're, they're going through hurdles and they're looking for strength somewhere. And you've taught the generations before them, but maybe it got a little bit too diluted for them. And now they're listening to you. What would you have them take from what you're saying to help them become a better person and become that person that you are now to become that person later on? What a fun question. I think it's, it's risky to give them too big of a message. And I think you're saying that, you know, there's, there's only so much they can take back with them. So I might just use one word, gratitude. I think gratitude is this word. It's all encompassing. And if you learn how to properly use gratitude in your life, that's all you need to radically change your life. And so here's a few ways that gratitude radically changed my life. Number one, every single morning I wake up and I do at least 15 minutes of gratitude first thing before I touch my phone, before I get going with my day, I'm on my treadmill and I'm in prayer and I'm in gratitude. I'm thinking of all the things I'm thankful for. And here's the thing. I don't like being repetitive. So I don't want to say the exact, ah, thank you again for my this and my that. No, no, no. I want to be creative. And what's beautiful about that is I start thinking about, you know what? I'm actually grateful for that and that and that. Oh my goodness. I really am grateful for so many things. But what else is beautiful is all day long, I go through the day looking for more things to talk about tomorrow. So I can be watchful for the things of gratitude. But how that really transforms people, and I'm really recognizing that when I see it in others. When I come across young dudes who are coming up to me and saying, Marcus, you know, you taught me this, and I'm so thankful, so grateful to have met you, I'm so grateful you blah, blah, blah. That gratitude, especially when it's honest and real. I mean, I'm not talking about just the lip service. I think we all know the difference between those two things. But I mean, the real gratitude is like, that really impacted me. Thank you. That gratitude makes people so drawn to you. And every time I hear that, I'm like, I want to help you more. You're the kind of person that I want to help. Again, going back to when you compare that person to the rest of the world, nobody else is saying that stuff. That is a one in a few million people who are like that. So of course, I want to grab that person and go, I want to help you on your path. How can I help you? That's an incredible thing. And all that took was a little bit of gratitude, a touch of gratitude. So what if you amped that up a bit, turned up your gratitude in your life? What if you made sure that every time your wife made dinner, you went, thank you. Thank you for being creative with that dinner tonight. That was incredible. Find something that you really liked about it. Is she going to make the perfect meal every night? Probably not. But when it's not great, you go, the veggie dish you made tonight was so good. Thank you. Thank you for taking that time. She took time to do it. I don't care if it turned out crappy. She took the time and the effort so you didn't have to. So you could just show up, sit down and start eating. How are you not grateful for that? How are you not grateful for the fact that she's feeding your children if she's feeding your children? These are things to be so grateful for and really pour it out. And the more you honestly feel it and understand it, the more they're actually going to feel it. It's an energy. It's not just words. You're pouring that energy. It's like when you're standing next to somebody that you just, and if you're in a fight and you're just like kind of angry with this person, they feel that. You think they don't feel that? Of course they do. You're putting out this energy of negativity. So if you have the gratitude energy, then not only will it draw people to you, but it'll make people want to help you. So that grandkid, that 
that great, great, great grandkid can go back and just start saying thank you way more. Start showing so much appreciation. And it's amazing how many doors that will open for you. I have, I respond to people who are grateful to me and I spend time with those people. My time is valuable. I don't mean to be a punk about that, but my time is valuable. But I make time for people who are truly grateful. And then that gratitude, when it starts to change their life, man, it shows. I can see it. I can see it in the way they talk to people, the way they respond to people, comment, the way they post. You see gratitude or you don't. If you let gratitude take over your life, you're going to have a great life. It's kind of like you, you hear this awkward silence and it's just, you know, it's not every time that I have an interview that I have to kind of sit there and, and, and actually over process and reprocess what was just said. So I definitely appreciate that because not only is what you just said very profound, I would think that the listener that's listening right now, if you're not motivated to be self gratitude, right? Giving yourself the thanks that, that you should. Then it's going to be very difficult for you to give that to anyone else, which goes back to what we said earlier about having a strong mindset. So I want you to talk to that listener that is striving to be better, but again, they're stuck in the wrong mindset. How can you kind of help them foresee not only by living the example with things that they can actually actively do for themselves to get a stronger mindset? Beautiful. If you are that listener who feels like they're really stuck right now, the best piece of advice I can give you tomorrow or or at the very latest the next day, get yourself somewhere peaceful, somewhere in nature. If you have woods anywhere near you, if you have water anywhere near you, like a lake or a river, just somewhere that's out there in nature, get out there, take off your shoes, spend at least 20 minutes. Just listening and thinking and then spend some time in gratitude right there. What are all the things you're grateful for in life? And what are the things in life that you should be more grateful for that maybe you could show more gratitude towards? Maybe you want to write that down and you want to start doing that every single day for a week. If you do that for a week, I know how much that will impact your life. I'm saying just the gratitude part is what you have to do every day for a week. I mean, if you got out to the woods and the water every day for a week, oh, that would radically change your life. But in that, there's a really important point. You know, when I, when I think about people who are in a really, really bad spot, like, like God forbid people who are thinking about even ending their life, I always think no matter how bad things are in my life, if you were to just pick up and go, we're just going to live in Mexico for a while or just pick up and go somewhere else far from these problems. Your life would radically change. So my point about going, if you went every day for a week to the water or to the forest, took off your shoes and just sat out there and spent time in gratitude, you'd know, just even thinking about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, even my life would radically change. I'm like, I'm already planning where I'm going to go this weekend to do exactly this. So I just want to encourage you guys. Take me up on this and challenge me on it. Please reach out to me. Hit me up on Instagram and say, Marcus, I took your challenge and here's how I feel. And and if you need more encouragement, again, I want to be your cheerleader. Reach out to me. Tell me what's going on in your life. I'll cheer you on. I think that's a hell of a segue. So when you're talking about reaching out to you, I mean, what platforms or what handles, what web address do you want to send them to? Instagram is where I spend a lot of my time. I just, I chose that platform for whatever reason. 
Instagram is big, but playbiggergame.com, that's where I'm, I'm putting all my heart and soul into this thing. Even Instagram is going to fall apart when I, when I dive in deep into, in, into play bigger game. It's just, it's such a beautiful community. It's what God's called me to. It's what I know I've been working towards my whole life. And what's so beautiful, by the way, I didn't say this earlier about playbiggergame.com. It's going to be one of the most beautiful give back platforms ever. We have so many plans on saving lives and changing lives. God has blessed me so much financially. I don't ever have to work again. I'm only going to ever do things that I love and that I'm called to do. And that's exactly what this platform is. And, and God has also sent me all these amazing leaders like Micah and Diana and so many other incredible people that are all in it for the same reason, to give back, to change lives. So this is going to be this platform where we're going to be doing things that I know no one else is doing because we just, we're coming from a different place. And so it's, it's going to be really exciting. If you feel called to it, if you felt anything in this interview, in this podcast that you're like, I got to check this out. Just, just do it. Don't, don't overthink it. Don't, don't get sidetracked. Just come spend some time with us, spend a week with us. And I promise you're going to extend your stay. So I want, I want to talk about like, like the circles, right? And I think to your point that you said earlier, it's for anyone that has the, the core desire for that calling. But let's say they don't have an A type personality. Let's say they're, they're more quiet. They're more laid back, more reserved, but you could definitely see that they, they, they vibrate on the same frequency. They're more of like quiet thinkers. What does that look like when that person steps into your circle? How do you embrace that individual? Oh, that's really, I love, man, you have such beautiful questions. You are really great at what you do. I love this. We have so many of those types of leaders in our community as well. I haven't just filled this with, I shouldn't even say, God didn't fill this with a community of Marcuses. This is an unbelievable group. Yes, Mike and I are this kind of guy. But there are so many people in there. Kelly is one of the leaders who she is this quiet extremely loving like you just need to look in kelly's eyes and you're like this person loves me and it's true she really does hayden is more of a quiet leader there are prince prince thomas one of our pastors who's one of the leaders in here oh my goodness just quiet reserved but super loving dudes we will have you taken care of now if you are like offended by this thing that that might be a different problem but you will be able to surround yourself within this community with people who you are attracted to. I think this is one of the most important things that I've learned over my time is you don't have to force yourself into, into situations. You don't have to force yourself into groups. Now, being a little bit uncomfortable for the right reason, absolutely. I agree that's a fantastic thing. But so many times I've tried to be in a group that I knew I wasn't suited for and I stuck it out. For months and sometimes years. And I'm like, but I've got nothing with these people, nothing in common. I don't look forward to these meetings. Man, there's, there's a point where you need to just go, this is not right for me, who I am. So there will be, you, you'll be challenged in our community, but you don't have to be, we're not going to plunk you. Like if you're going, Marcus's energy is way too much. You're not just, you know, okay, Mike and I are just going to hammer you right now. No. And you know what? In fact, I can't, I can't believe I haven't even brought him up yet. Darren, my brother, who we had no relationship for the first 43 years of my life. God has brought us together in the last two years. It's a beautiful story. But he's another one of the founders that play a big game. And he has that much more subtle energy. It's one of the things 
People love having us both on stage. We've been so blessed to speak on stages worldwide together. And it's such a beautiful thing because I'm this guy and he's this guy. And, and it's a great balance. So there will be leaders in this community who you are going to love. And yeah, we're excited to have you there. Think. I mean, you brought up your your kids earlier. Are you looking forward to an opportunity to? Because I mean, obviously, if you have more than one kid, right? One kid always kind of leads to the personality of one parent, and the other one kind of leads to the personality of the other parent. Do you foresee any one of your kids walking across the stage with you one day? Man, I love that question. I I I dream of it. I do, but at the same time, I'll be honest. I, I really don't want to become one of those fathers that we saw in those 90s movies where you're like, you have to follow my footsteps. Furthest thing from it, the chance of my kids having the exact same calling in life as me, I don't buy into that. And again, going to that double-edged sword that I talked about earlier and finding a mate, man, I, I wouldn't want to be, <laughs> you don't want to be in my shadow. Like that, that, that's going to be, you're always, you know, working towards this. So I would love to see them speak on stage. And what's beautiful about the stage is they could be speaking about something totally different. They will impact a totally different set of lives than I will. And what's amazing about both of my girls, they're both incredible leaders. And it's hilarious that you talk about one is like one parent, one's like the other. It's incredible. Bailey is like, Brooke always says, she is exactly like Marcus. Like all of her personality traits, she's an extrovert. She's an incredible leader. She's athletic. Claire is just like her mom. But so brilliant, more quiet, more reserved, an introvert. She needs to recharge. But Claire is one of the most disciplined humans I've actually ever met. And she's only 14 years old. It's amazing. I know for a fact, whatever she points her mind to and focuses on it, she is going to change this world as long as she doesn't get in her own way. So I can see neither of them speaking on stage because both of them have the drive and the leadership abilities. I hope they'll accept some coaching from me if, if they re, if they would like it. And yeah, I actually, I've already invited them. I'm going to have this major event, probably April of 2024. And it's going to be in LA. It's when my book launches. And I'm going to have this huge event where it's just going to be this growth day. And it's going to be absolutely incredible. I'm going to bring together some of the greatest speakers, the greatest minds on the planet to just pour into people, pour love and I know my kids are going to be there and I've already asked both of them. I'd just love for you to say a few words. You don't have to give a speech, but I'd love for you to say a few words. And I think that's going to be the first time that the world is going to hear them speak into a microphone. Wow. Yeah, I think it's definitely a beautiful thing to kind of see the horizons before your kids even realize it. I think going into this next question, right? Like you're such a huge personality. You had so many accomplishments and like you're at a particular level, but at every level, there's always another level and another level. So I want you to kind of talk about if you had an opportunity to meet someone that, you know, you don't, you know, you don't look at them as, as someone that's bigger and better than you, but someone that you want to actually sit down with and have a conversation with for 24 hours, someone that you've never met before, someone that you have seen, someone that could be dead and gone. Who would that person be and, and why? Wow, what a spectacular question. It's a, it's a toss-up between Mark Cuban, because I just Cuban is brilliant. Actually, what am I saying? It's not a toss-up at all. I, I, I don't know why his name didn't come to me immediately. It's Ed Milet. I would love to spend 24 hours with Ed Milet. 
Ed Milan is one of my mentors. He's just such an incredible human. Say he's my mentor, but I haven't met him yet. But he's had a massive impact on my on my on my mind, on my life. He's he speaks directly to my heart. And you know, he's actually one of these guys. When you've heard me say, if what you're hearing from me is impacting you directly, he's the guy who helped me recognize that that's a thing. That's a thing where certain people, it's like, oh my goodness, this guy's talking into my soul. That's what Ed Milet does. Every time he talks, I'm like, oh, I, I was born to hear this voice. It's not like he and I have that one-on-one only connection. Of course not. There's tons of people who can speak that way, but his voice resonates and reverberates through me like you wouldn't believe. He has so much to teach me and he's further up on that path. He's learned so much and he comes from a place of love and service. And so anything that guy was going to pour into me, man, I'd take it and I'd hang out with him. And I, there was a chance I was about to meet him in Australia recently. And I, I only had like 48 hours notice. I'm like, I'll book a plane ticket right now. And it just fell apart at the last second. But I, I know I'm going to meet him this year. I'm, I'm confident I'm, I'm going to be on his podcast within a year and it's going to be a special reading. Yeah, I think you brought up about like vibration on, on frequencies, like indirectly in this conversation. And I think it's definitely something that like, if you look at sound waves, like, you know, two sound waves can cancel each other out or they can amplify. And obviously going back to you and Micah, I think you guys actually amplify. You guys are in the same wavelength. So when you have an individual that could be pretty loud, but maybe not on the same frequency, but they're willing to change and, and they want to change. Do you think it is, is, is possible for them to kind of adapt their frequency to a different wavelength? Oh, 100%. Beautiful question again, 100%. And I know that for a fact, because this is not the frequency I used to operate. I used to operate at a... I was dead for the first 16 years. So you can absolutely change it. Plus, this frequency I'm at today is not where I was yesterday or the day before or the year before. I just keep learning and keep growing. And every time we grow, we change that frequency. The more grateful we are, the more loving we are, the more we spend time with people who teach us things, you change your frequency, you grow. So my encouragement to people listening is just find a way to grow every day. Just 1%. Don't think... Every day I need to change my life radically. It's not about that. But just know I need to grow today. So I make a real conscious effort that every day I'm listening to podcasts, I'm listening to books on tape, or I'm reading. Those are my key growth factors for Marcus, and I do it every single day. Do I take days off? Probably. Even on vacation, though, I don't really remember what I do. But I don't stress about it. The point is if you focus on doing it every single day, the job is going to get done. You will look at yourself and go, I'm, I'm, I'm a better person than I was six months ago. I've grown since six months ago. Wow. I, I think in, in my last general question for you, and I, I think this is going to be a question that's going to be kind of difficult for you to answer, right? And, and in your answer, you cannot include your wife or your kids, right? Okay. Out of all your achievements, and you have a, like, like, like a laundry list of, of achievements. It's kind of like those receipts that you get from some stores and they just keep continuing and continuing and continuing out of all of those, which one is probably the most personal and greatest achievement to you to date? I think it was during COVID 
I changed who I was as a leader. And that, that change, it, it, I know it changed me. It changed all the people who were in my life at that time too. It was a real change for me because I stopped focusing so much on myself. And, and it, truly it was to recognize that for me to grow past a certain point, I can't do it alone. I have to engage others. I have to empower others. And it'll forever change the way I am a leader. By empowering the people around me, my managers at the time, my executives at the time, I got to see them change so radically, so quickly. Because they were no longer having this Marcus net underneath them where it's like, oh, it's, it's okay, I'll, just, I'll actually just jump off the beam and fall into that, let Marcus make the choice. I was going, listen, you're making the choice. You do all the research. The choice is yours. Right or wrong, I'm going to support you. If you get things wrong, I just want you to learn from it. That's it. And don't worry, you will make wrong decisions. But guess what? So would I. I'm not perfect. I was going to make wrong decisions too. So I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to fire you. Unless it was really bad. You cost the company millions. That was really foolish. But no, I just empowered them. I empowered them. And then I watched them starting to make decisions and being confident and being like, wow, I'm one of the people running this company. Wow. My decisions are actually influencing other human beings. And I saw them walk into the building more like this now. And I saw them leaving the building more like this now. You think that doesn't translate into a happier home life? You think that doesn't help a man go home like this and take his woman like this and, and the, and the women to feel more empowered when they go home and be the woman of the house? That was such a beautiful thing that radically changed me. And forever I will lead that way because I don't know what I was doing the other way. I mean, that is such small time thinking when you're like, oh, this, this business, it's all about me, 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 me. If I'm not doing it, it's not growing. That is a small time entrepreneur. You are a, you are not a business owner. You are a business operator. And if that's your choice, you want to stay that small. That's fine. That's up to you. As long as you know what you've done, you've created a job for yourself. It'll be really hard for you to ever escape that. That was a, that was a challenge Tony gave me. And he said, Marcus, are you a business owner or are you a business operator? And the, the litmus test is, can you go away for three weeks on a trip and not be worried about your business falling apart? Like, Come on, Tony. I went away for eight days once, but I was on the phone quite a few times. I was a business operator and I had created a prison around myself. Now, some of these prisons are beautiful. Man, I had, I had a huge income from this prison. I got to build all the beautiful gizmos and gadgets inside this prison. It was wonderful. But I couldn't leave. I couldn't do anything. It was a prison. And so when I made that change to empower others, that's when I became a business owner. And it also allowed me the opportunity to sell my business when God called me to sell it. And it wasn't a big problem because it's like, well, I don't even do much around here. He does it and she does it. And they make the decisions. I just, I just sit in the chair. I sit in the big boy chair. So it was easy to replace me. And that was a beautiful change for me. And so this, when I'm getting into these next businesses, when I'm helping these other businesses, even when I'm investing in businesses, I'm looking for leaders like that. I don't want to invest in leaders like the guy I once was because you know what? Generally speaking, that's going to lead to burnout. I don't want to be responsible and support someone's burnout. It's the same reason I don't invest in alcohol or drug companies because I don't want to, at the end of the day be, be like, I made so much money. Yeah, all those lives are ruined, but that's not my problem. I'm not going to let this entrepreneur ruin their life and their family's life 
because I got to see what they were doing wrong, but I wanted to cash in on them. Yeah. I, I would say to those that are listening or watching it over or reliving this particular episode, if your frequency hasn't started to shift a little bit, if, if your wavelengths haven't like rattled a little bit kind of where you are, because I would think that wherever you are, you're probably too comfortable. And having this conversation with Marcus should enlighten you to kind of shake things up a little bit and expand your vision, reach out for more. In closing, I like to give whoever I'm interviewing an opportunity to become the host of my show, which you kind of took the reins earlier on. But now I'm officially giving you the show. You're now the host. I'm your guest. Do you have any questions that you would like to ask? So, yeah, actually, I, I do. I, my biggest one is, at what point did you become this amazing interviewer? Like, you, your, your questions are next level. And if, if there was someone, if I'm going to start my podcast tomorrow, what would, what would be the top piece of advice that you would give me to become an interviewer like you? I would say that the thing that makes me uniquely different is that I find the pleasure in doing the research of the individual. Because when I get on the call, even benotes to the person I'm interviewing, they may not know me, but I know them to a certain extent. So my arms are already open. I'm just waiting for them to hug me back and return through that conversation. Oh, I, you know what? I really see that in you, by the way. You, you really do such a spectacular job, man. I just want to encourage you. Thank you for what you're doing. You're making an impact. Definitely appreciate you know it. What? Hey, on that, since this is my podcast now, can you guys go on to Boss Uncaged? Go now, leave us a review. Come on. We put in so much time and effort into this. My man, S.A., is spending a ton of time on research, putting this stuff together. It's for our benefit. The least we can do is go give the guy a review. Give him five stars. Tell people why they should be watching this. Those reviews matter a ton. So go get it done. Well, I definitely appreciate it. I mean, in closing the show, do you have any other questions? When are we going to hang out next, man? I really, I really appreciated our time together. Thank you for having me on. And just, I want to say, you know, this has been a real blessing. Thank you for everybody who's listening, who's listening to the whole thing. I really do want to hear from you guys. So reach out to me, please. Let's connect. And if you're just even considering playabiggergame.com, joining the community, we can have an introductory call. We can just, I can tell you more about it one-on-one. And, but I'd love to see you in that community. Yeah. I think the next time, you know, I haven't done an episode like this in, in a long time, but I think probably bringing Micah back and having both of you on at the same time to have like a three-way, just open forum question. We're just having a conversation would definitely be kind of mind blowing to see that happen in reality. Oh, I would love that. Yes, please. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey can I tell you one funny story? I think you're going to really appreciate that when you talked about when Mike and I are together, it, does it ever get conflict? I'll tell you what, one of the funniest thing I recognize. So when I'm on vacation with my family and, you know, we're walking around, I've got my shirt off and I, please, this is going to be self-deprecated eventually. So please don't see this as cocky, but people are, using, oh, you were, oh, you know, I, I get people from across the way, oh, muscle, muscle. When I'm with Micah, none of that. None of, I, I, I am. I am invisible and I think it's so hilarious, but this was the perfect crowning moment to show exactly what I'm talking about. We're walking and I'm ahead of Micah. He's maybe four feet behind me and we're coming to a clearing. Okay. There's, there's a building right here. Come into a clearing and this guy goes, 
oh, and he starts going like this to me. And then Micah comes into view and he goes, oh, he was about to compliment me. He takes it back. I retract that compliment. Goes, Micah, whoa, I'm laughing so hard. Now, a 19-year-old Marcus might have cried a few tears. 45-year-old Marcus thought it was the funniest thing, and I freaking love it. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. I could see Micah doing that, too, and with that huge smile on his face the entire damn time. So <laughs> I could definitely see it. Well, I mean, with that, I think this was definitely a phenomenal episode. I think what you stated earlier about your question, I think you, you beyond lived up to to that original state. I think we've surpassed that. And it's one of those episodes where I think you and I could probably sit on here and talk for hours on end. But unfortunately, we have to discontinue the show. We have to end it, unfortunately. But I definitely appreciate you being here. And I think for the listeners, if you did not get value from this episode, then I, I think that your frequency is probably on mute at this point in time. With that, S.A. Grant, over and out.